first question. Um, what did you learn, your artistry? So how to paint or how to do digital art? Yeah, so um it kinda it started really back when I was in like middle school for real. I went to a magnet school in Baltimore uh, called Subgroup and it was a visual arts program. And from there I knew that I wanted to, you know, just be hands on because I always was the type of person that liked to, uh, you know, cut things out, arts and crafts and things of that nature. But when I got to middle school, it was like, all right, I'm actually in a program where I can really dictate uh, what I want to do and things of that nature. So um, it was really like an eye opening type uh, opportunity for me. So then fast forward in that, I went to uh, Western Tech, which is a magnet school as well. And I did graph design there and that like solidified my designing uh, desire and things of that nature, because that was a program where I learned Adobe Illustrator, Photoshop, uh, how to make, you know, booklets, uh, printing and all that. So after that, it was it was a wrap. You know what I mean? So it started early for me. And I'm just blessed that, you know, God gave me the vision. That's something I really want to do. And, you know, I'm 27 years old now and I still have the passion to keep going forward. I know I'm not done. So. Yeah, it started young, but like I said, I'm still learning now and still got the passion for it. So it's definitely, you know, a long journey. That's what's up, but you got to get a hold of that stuff doing high school and not rather than like going to like post school and feel and I feel like sometimes when people do post school they feel like they're late. So like yeah, they try exactly. to cram everything in and they don't really take that time to like perfect a part of the craft and then move on to another stage. So that's that's dope that you got to get right. to that early. Um, and I was actually able to like, you know, it was like I had a little preview before I went to college to mm -hmm. do it. So it's like I knew what I was getting into and it wasn't just a surprise, you know. Yeah. What do you think um, about your pieces or like your art style for your pieces, which is more so like. It's like that the geometric type feel to it. What do you uh -huh. think it gives? Like, what do you think that style gives your pieces per se? Yeah. So, um. It's, it's influence. And I always say, like, people might say, uh, you know, I'm not influenced by anything, but we're always influenced by something. Uh, art is always something that's, you know, let's be real, it's not nothing new. You know, you take certain parts from different eras and you put them together to make it your own. So um, I kind of have like a cubist approach to it. But in terms of the subject uh, style of it, you know, it's pop culture mixed, mixed with a little bit of nostalgia. So um, I think it just it gives me a good mix of like classics because, you know, cubism is, it's pretty old, you know, it's going on over a hundred years old as an art, as an art style. And I'm mixing that with, you know, um, content that's relevant for today's time. So I think it's just a great mix and it takes people back to a certain time, but at the same time, um, it makes people, you know, think forward and uh, it keeps your mindset in the present day. So I think it's a great mix and a great, you know, bond with each other. So for some of your pieces, well, uh, a good portion of your pieces, um, the subjects in the piece don't have a face. But I mean, for our culture, we know who, who those people are. We are right. reminiscing with them, like you said, give us that nostalgia. What's the mm -hmm. what's the the strategy behind not using all those facial features? Yeah, so you hit it right on the on the nose. So like, I'm really big on um, you know knowing something based off of the aura of it or you know you've seen it before so it takes you back to a certain time of nostalgia so the thing about it is uh you know with your eyes with your nose with your mouth a lot of times you know that's a, just a dead giveaway but it's certain parts of us that 
you know, we have characteristics that stand out so much where you don't need your facial features. So I just try to make it to the point where people can understand uh, the person that I'm trying to portray or the energy that I'm trying to bring without bringing the most distinct features uh, that people hold. And I think I'm doing a great job of doing that because, like I said, it's something that you notice. It's a theme throughout uh, all my artwork. And I just want people to, you know, see all the characteristics and not just you know, focus on the dead giveaway of facial features to try to label what something is or try to, you know, guess what the person is. Okay. Who do you consider your inspirations that aren't artists? That's a good question because I definitely was going to go straight <laughs> to the artist. Um, aren't artists, um, you know, I listen to a lot of music. Um, J. Cole, that's one of my favorite uh, musicians, uh, rappers. Um, besides that, uh, in terms of like, in the movie scenes, I like Spike Lee in terms of, you know, his directing skills, the the different way that he goes about his movies. And the reason why he inspires me a lot is because when you see a Spike Lee film, or like they say, a Spike Lee joint, you know it's Spike Lee because of the way that um, the people, the dialogue, the, you know, soliloquies that he has throughout his entire movies, the themes, it's like his niche. And people really know who it is just based on the the type of flow that the movie has. So I would say J. Cole, uh, Spike Lee, their creativity um, and just their work ethic is out of this world. So, yeah. Okay. Um, so you're part of this collective, Created mm -hmm. Mindfully. So how do you be J. Law and still uh -huh. be a part of this collective? Yeah, I think uh, the main thing, and it's funny because when we first started, you know, the collective, I started coming out with artwork and we all support each other, right. you know, um, and it's crazy because I will post work and then, you know, Ash Hill post my work, <laughs> Rod will post my work and they think, oh, is this, is this Echelon's? Is this Rod's? But it's mine. But, you know, as time grows on, you develop your own style and I've been able to, you know, just come up with. I would say like a, a pattern of how I come up with my work. And it's kind of like my unique style where they know, okay, this is art by J-Law. And then, you know, when you do other things fairly mindful, you just brand it differently. And I think a lot of artists uh, and honestly businesses in general have to really uh, find their voice and through their branding to make it unique and stand out where you're able to do two things like run an art collective and be an artist. And they live in two separate worlds. It's, it's really big because it's two separate audiences and you have to be able to really you know, distinct, uh, distinguish the two. And I think I'm, I'm doing a pretty good job doing that. Okay. So I know you are a creative coach. What experiences um, led up to you taking on that role? Yeah. So, um, I've been doing this, uh, I would say, you know, a digital artist and things since 2016, I graduated from school in 2015 from uh, college. So on this journey so far, I've just been, you know, experienced a lot in terms of doing art shows, having my work in galleries, uh, being able to establish an online presence, um, you know, even going through the, the things of like shipping as an artist with artwork, products, things of that nature. And I have a lot to, you know, offer to other people and I always say that, you know, if I have the keys or if I figured out a way to do something, it would, you know, it, it wouldn't make no sense to not teach that to the next woman or the next man. You know what I mean? It's, it's no no point in keeping it off for yourself. So, you know, I, I launched it in um, late last year, December of last year. And it's just, it's refreshing because, you know, you hear different stories and I talk to different 
you know, clients that come to me and, you know, their pain points that they want. And the thing that I like about it the most is everybody's story is different. Everybody has their own unique, you know, story and things that they're doing. So the advice that I give them, you know, can help people across the board. But when you break down the specifics and you go into different lanes, um, it's kind of cool to really try to, uh, you know, solve the problems that they have. And I can't, it's no better feeling because at the end of the day, I have, you know, I've developed solutions and things of that nature. And it just, it, it makes me feel so good that I'm able to share that with the next person. So you're a part of the Black Lives Matter murals that mm-hmm. were at uh, Patterson Park. How did that come about? Like, because I feel like that just popped up on us and all of us just ran over there. So how did that happen? <laughs> Yeah, that was uh that was crazy. It all started. Shout out to my guy Reggie, um, insanely dope. He kind of uh not kind of he sent the alley oop of these uh, designers, the Eden Company. They're dope uh, home designers in Baltimore, and they basically were looking to do a project where they had mobile murals. Uh, they provided four foot by eight foot boards to different artists to do murals during the uh, Black Lives Matter movement um, back when George Floyd passed away. And Breonna Taylor. And, you know, I just had to, to jump on that opportunity. And I'm usually, I've never done a mural before. So that was my biggest piece to date, four by eight. Um, you know, I'm usually uh, digital or I'm just painting on canvas. So it was a challenge for me. And, you know, I'm always taking new opportunities. But even above that, I really was able to find my voice and how I was able to help the cause using my talents. And I'm always a big believer of, you know, my God-given talents to find a way to use that for good. So when that opportunity came, it was more of, I wouldn't even look at it as an opportunity, but it was just a sign from God just telling me, okay, this is your time. Like you said, you wanted to do this. You got your talents, make it happen. So it was, that was just an entire, entire situation because, you know, we had them up at Patterson Park. Um, tag, I wouldn't even say it was, it wasn't even a day that went by. Like the next day after we put them up, um, they were taken down by the ranger by miscommunication, so they say. Um, and it was just, you know, unfortunate situation. But as things happen, everything happens for a reason. You turn into a positive. And I'm so grateful for, you know, the city of Baltimore, uh, Department of Rex and Parks, because we were able to turn a negative into a positive. We're working with them right now to um, create uh, programming for children after school programs to uh, the Wrecking Parks, uh, working on getting a location for a permanent mural. So it's just been so much to come from unfortunate situations. And it just shows you how, you know, things go wrong. You don't panic. You know, you don't, you don't point fingers. You don't put a blame to uh, maybe a certain person, but you try to see how you can turn it to something good. And also on top of that, you got to have, you know, tenacity and you have to have ambition because, we could have just swept it under the rug, but we didn't. We got the me- media into it. We got the news outlets. Um, we were on uh, ABC News, uh, Fox 45, article in the Washington Post. So we got, you know, national buzz off of this, and it just created a great, you know, outcome to it. And I'm so grateful for everybody involved. Shout out to uh, Unity Through Art, all the artists that participated, because that was just a crazy, uh, you know, scenario that turned into, you know, great things that's going to happen for the city. So I know you put together like personal shows for yourself and um, other shows as far as what you collected. How yep. is it? How is it now trying to put together a show in a pandemic? Or, like, what was those changes that you had to make? 
Yeah, so it was it was tough. Um, and specifically for the collective, uh, Creatively Mindful, last year we didn't have we had zero shows, and I mean just from a business perspective, that will kill your business. Literally, no revenue for an entire year. That's 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 ridiculous. But you know we we stand strong. Um, you know we we keep our resilience and. We just try to do things that, you know, can help people virtually. So we had the artist lounge last year where we got um, artists to come on our Instagram live to talk about their work, uh, their practice and, you know, just their origin of where they come from, which was, you know, a great series. On top of that, we had an artist relief fund to help um, artists throughout the pandemic. We had people donate and we were able to give a thousand dollar grant to an artist as well. So. We're, we're always looking out for artists, even though we're a business, we put the artists first and that's what it's about. So it's been extremely difficult to put on the shows because, you know, we house anywhere between 250 to 300 mm-hmm. people per show. So um, just in terms of a business aspect of it, to really go from that to, you know, just virtual, it's it's kind of hard. But um, great news, uh, just Two weeks ago, we announced that we're doing a gallery with uh, Supreme Beauty Bar in Owings Mills, Maryland. So she has a gallery wall where artists are able to put up their work and, you know, the patrons in that shopping center. And people can just come by to see the artwork and purchase it as well. So that's been a blessing because it's able to, you know, get us back on our feet to actually, you know, put artists in the forefront with their art showing to other people. And on top of that, um, it just gives them a space to house their art. Because you got to think for the last year, no one's been showing art at art shows, you know, exhibits and things of that nature. Uh, the only thing that's really been open has been galleries on, you know, a very, uh, you know, social distance level and things of that nature. So for us to come out with this for, you know, 2021, it looks like we're turning the corner a little bit with, you know, the vaccines and COVID so we get back to normal. So we're hoping by the end of the year, Mike can have an in-person show for for everybody. So, okay. you know, you just adapt to the times. Um, and being a, you know, early business owner, it definitely was eye-opening. And I feel like ain't don't nothing get much worse than a pandemic. I mean, last year was just crazy. You know what I mean? And it still is crazy. And we're able to, you know, push through and really get through it. So um, it just, you know, builds your resi- resilience as a business owner, um, especially as an art collective. And it shows different ways of how you can, you know, showcase artwork to the world uh, from artists. So I know with your brand, you have a lot of like different pieces. So you got like a puzzle, you got blankets, mm-hmm. you got all of that. Why do you think it's important for an artist, um, if they are going to expand their brand, to have all these different pieces instead of just like a, a sweaty, a sweater or a hoodie type thing? Right. I look at it as versatility. Um, and it's a lot of things that, you know, I focus on based on the lifestyle that I live and then, you know, where I am with my life. So, I mean, just from a personal level, um, I I have an apartment now. I used to live at home, things of that nature. So I'm looking for things to, you know, uh, expand my living space and also being in the house a lot now with uh, COVID. I think about items that's outside the box that really can, you know, make me enjoy myself while I'm in the house, you know what I mean? So puzzles, uh, coloring books, pillows, blankets, it's something that, you know, it's that usability that you can use at home rather than something that you just hang on a wall. And on top of that, when you have, you know, a customer base and audience, 
not everybody falls into the category of, you know, artwork on the walls. Like they might like the piece that you have, but they don't want to put something on their walls. They want to have a pillow that they can lean on while they're watching their movies. You know what I mean? They want, they want to do an activity that they can actually feel. They can feel like they're an artist because, okay, you have the artwork on the walls, but okay, you have the artwork as a puzzle. So I'm actually putting this puzzle together and then I can frame this puzzle. So I feel like I'm part of the artwork as well. You know what I mean? I was part of the journey. So it shows the versatility that you can have with the audience that you want to reach. And I think that's so important because um, you're just blocking a lot of potential uh, clients and customer base just by going through one lane. And at the end of the day, like I said, um, it's one of those type things where you're kind of testing the market as well. So it's like, okay, I come out with my artwork on canvas. That's my classic way. You always have to have that classic piece. That's a collector's item, but okay, I'm going to try puzzles. I'm going to try coloring books and see how they stick Uh, stickers, keychains, all those types of things. So I think it's, I think it's just a, a win for everybody because you have all different types of collectors that want to support you. The people that's going to pay over a thousand for a piece or the people that's going to pay $50 for a puzzle. So they all can, you know, indulge in the experience and, you know, I'm J-Law the experience and that's what it's all about. (laughs) Okay. What piece or experience have you put together that was the most fun? Ah, the most fun. I'm going to say, and for the entire experience, the most fun was, um, I think it's going to be the Dear Summer Extra uh, Brains. And the reason why I say that is because it was in the middle of the pandemic. I did it back in uh, June of last year. And just the the whole feel of it, it took me back to the 90s, the super soakers, things of that nature. I laid a link up with a couple of the homies. We had a, you know, a water gun fight while I was recording the content. Um, you know, I had the beach balls. I had everything to go along with it. So it really took me back to a time when I was a little kid where, you know, it was just carefree. You know, you outside, you don't have nothing to do. You got the water guns, you got the water holes, just, you know, just having fun. And it really, you know, it was really helpful for me because last year during that time, everything was shut down. So it was like, we weren't going anywhere. It wasn't you know, malls weren't open. It was just crazy. So I was able to go outside, get some fresh air, record content. And I always like to be able to have fun while still handling business. So at the end of the day, I'm an artist and I'm doing this, you know, for me and the things that I value. But at the end of the day, I'm coming out with something to present to an audience for them, you know, to purchase. So if I'm having fun while doing it, it's nothing better. So I got I got to put that one as the as the best one. Okay. What, oh, if you had the chance to... Um paint a live piece for somebody who would that mm-hmm. person be a live piece for somebody uh, i think i got i think i gotta go back to j cole man like that that music really influences my my life in in terms of you know the the journey that he was on in the music game and i just applied to the art world you know what i mean he mm-hmm. took the chances he he said you know you stay down till you come up and that's basically the same type of mantra that I try to live by. So um, it's going to happen one day. You know what I mean? I always speak those things into existence. It's even uh, crazier because last year I was invited to participate in the Dreamville Festival in the art market. But of course, with COVID, it was it got canceled. But it's going to get there. You know, you see the signs coming. And yeah, if I ever had a chance to paint live for J. Cole, definitely doing that. Okay. 
definitely gonna, you're gonna be in the studio when they put the next documentary together. You feel me? <laughs> exactly, vibes. And then it's gonna become like the cover. Then we all gonna be like, look, we all just gonna be promoting, like, look at that cover, y'all. See, we got you, we got you. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> no, for real, though. <laughs> all right, how do you think art helps the black community? Um, It's two things. I think the main thing is communication. Um, A lot of times, the things that we go through as, you know, a race in the black community, it stems back, you know, 400, 500 years. Uh, and we just always been at a disadvantage and we always have trouble um, conveying ourselves or saying the right things because a lot of people think we come off as a threat or we're too aggressive and things of that nature. But that's not the case. It's just another way of communicating. So uh, when I think of art, I think it as it as just a different outlet for us to communicate, whether you're doing it through a mural whether you're doing it through clothing, whether you're doing it through music, whether you're doing it through, you know, reading books, things of that nature. Art is such a widespread, um, widespread, you know, talent and things of that nature. It's so much that goes into it. And it's just amazing the things that you see from, you know, the black community through the arts and not just a me being a visual artist, uh, but it's just so much more that comes to it. And I think that's one thing that, unapologetically we do the best out of anybody is the art like you gotta think how much we influence the world based on what we do you know our artistry and things of that nature whether it's sports whether it's you know um music whether it's uh painting visual arts things of that nature like we're dope as fuck and it's 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 crazy that you know we don't get our flowers like like we should so um i think the communication aspect is so much so much uh prevalent in, you know, in the art world with us. Okay. All right. So last question. If, uh, if you did, or not if you did, have you ever like used your J-Law rep to get you and your friends in some way or to, or to get like some perks <laughs> or something? Like they see you be like, oh, yeah, J-Law. You be like, yeah, it's all me. Can we just, can we go in the back? Because you know, this front ain't really for us. For real. Have you ever had one of those? Um. <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm gonna say no. Um, I haven't gotten to that level yet, but it has been play. It has been times where, you know, I'm out in public and you know I go to an event or something like that, and people that I don't know, and they say, "Oh, dang, you're J Law. You don't want to do the experience." So that's that's always a good feeling because it's like, okay, my my artistry is really reaching people, and when it's reaching people that you don't personally know, you know, you're doing something right. So. I always try to take that. I'm. I think I'm probably one of the most humble guys, but I try to always take that, and you know, keep that in the back of my mind to know that you know I'm really touching people, and there's nothing else better than that to you know for my experiences and for my artistry to really affect other people. That's what it. That's what it's all about. That's my main. I think my main mission with my artwork is to really affect the world and you know bring that emotional feel because you know we go through a lot of things in this world. So to have that release by looking at something that I do or maybe it's a video I come out with to put that smile on your face sometimes that's what somebody need you know what I mean so I want to say that having used my name for I guess clout but definitely been noticed we in, gotta, in we gotta wait till the clubs open back up let me get a bottle <laughs> let me get the, we're gonna bring all the, hey we need two bottles <laughs> we got you all right boss well thank you for doing this interview with me it's good to have oh, you. Definitely. I appreciate you. Shout out to the Orange, Orange Pop Show.